Welcome to Curve Beam Connect. Listen in monthly as we talk with doctors and experts in the field discussing innovations and insights into orthopedic imaging. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Curve Beam Connect. I'm Gabrielle, and this is part two of our three-part series with co-founder and chief biomedical engineer for Efferent Health, Dr. Alberto Queller, and director of marketing for Curve Beam, Vinti Singh. In our last episode, we covered the challenges that come with owning private orthopedic practices and the variables involved in improving healthcare. With today's episode, we'll learn where Dr. Queller thinks the healthcare industry needs to step up and how the Efferent Health Platform is critical to creating an organization that delivers medical goods and services that are better, more efficient, and less expensive than the current system. On that note, could you maybe talk a little bit about what sparked the idea to create the Efferent Health Platform, for which you are a co-founder. What were some of the pain points? We're, we've talked big picture and, and healthcare as a whole, but what were some of the pain points in, in your practice that you were experiencing that you said, there could be a better way and we could use technology to our advantage to make things efficient and, and to improve the way we're delivering care? Okay. Uh, before I get to that question, I think it would be important to understand that the the variables that we are are dealing with in terms of the larger view, you know, economics and whatnot, really make a case for our company as well as other innovative companies uh, in terms of you know acquiring investment really is we have some real problems and and we have to identify those problems. And I know they sound bad, otherwise they wouldn't be problems, right? Uh, but, you know, my background was uh, is in engineering and I've been doing projects, you know, since day one, but you have to really understand the problem in order to solve it. Sounds elementary, but, that's not really what's being done. So the spark, um, the idea of creating an organization uh, came actually came from de- uh, multiple uh, sparks. Uh, Efren Health arose from a culmination of aligned purpose, interest, passion, and remarkable work ethic among people with uh, complementary skill sets uh, and creative talents. All these characteristics are critical to building an organization that provides infrastructure and digital services to enhance the uh, delivery of uh, medical goods and services that are better, more efficient, and less costly than the current system. As you know, finding leadership uh, team members uh, that can successfully pull something like this off is uh, very difficult and rare. Uh, the folks uh, we have uh, on our leadership team are fantastic. They're really good friends. They're good people. They're smart. Starting with uh, felt my fellow co-founder, Cress Stein from Illinois, who's uh, our CEO, 
Jaime Olivares, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant person, is uh, from Peru, as well as the rest of the developers. Uh, he, uh, Jaime is our CTO. And Brent Milliker uh, from Florida is our uh, VP of sales and marketing. Uh, his other name is Mama. He, he uh, takes care of a lot of the details and keeps us entertained as well. Uh, so that's, that's really the spark there. But from my perspective, building the electrical charge to create the spark for me was a gradual and somewhat painful process that, became, that uh, began decades ago. On the one hand, I very much enjoy the uh, challenge of applying engineering and mathematical principles to medicine and healthcare uh, problems. But, um, and I have to add that, especially in orthopedics, it lends itself to engineering. But on the other hand, the marriage of engineering and medicine is not clear cut and failures along the way are necessary to both endure and overcome. Suffice to say that healthcare uh, system problems are complex, multifaceted, and entrenched in our culture. Identifying the problem areas, uh, creating solutions, and implementing the solutions uh, requires, will require a uh, societal tectonic shift. The pain points are probably best described as uh, slow death by 10,000 paper cuts. Uh, <laughs> it seems that everything in healthcare, except uh, the act of actually providing uh, medical service, is riddled with distorted processes, communication barriers, as well as inadequate and cumbersome data management. If you mix this with with all the different entities that want to get their fingers into the perceived health healthcare proverbial pot of gold, what is created, it, uh, what this has created, is an expensive and massive dysfunctional industry. The monetary incentives to participate in the healthcare uh, system are such that the industry is destined to fail. Uh, to understand the mechanics uh, of why I believe this is true, I would refer you to a book uh, entitled Meltdown, written by renowned economist Thomas E. Woods from the Mises Foundation. Even more perverse is that current information technologies have done nothing to improve the situation. If anything, it seems that Today's healthcare applications counterintuitively automate the already distorted systems. Although harsh, I came to this grim conclusion after compiling and analyzing the financial healthcare data in relationship to uh, the financial information technology data as we alluded to before. So, could you give me maybe an example um, from an operational perspective? Or when we met in August, we were chatting a little bit about some of the processes that just right now 
take a lot longer than they should just a daily <laughs> process that and 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 why why you know the sort of the 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 steps that make them unnecessarily uh, long when they could be much more simplified and we could use things like AI to our advantage instead of, as you just said, automating existing processes without even examining whether the existing process is the right way to do it in the first place. Right. Sure. I uh, actually thought about this a lot under, you know, what does our platform do? Because um, it's hard to think of something that's essentially virtual, right? And in the minds and computers. Um, so I, I wanted to put more concrete uh, color on what that is. I started this project by educating myself about the detailed processes necessary to accomplish a task. The knowledge, this knowledge, led to the creation of workflow and data flow diagrams. I began with surgery scheduling, because I'm a surgeon, uh, which entails people, organizations, uh, services, vendors, and of course, equipment and implants. The tools available for accomplishing uh, this logistics uh, task are very antiquated, requiring multiple personnel, uh, disparate computer applications, phones, fax machines, snail mail, DVDs, as well as hope. <laughs> I hope that this gets done. <laughs> so automating surgery scheduling requires a system that can handle large volumes of data and complex security and authentication needs. Uh, the system must be scalable, agile, and able to handle different organizational structures, workflows, databases, EMRs, and many other requirements. Our platform is designed to handle healthcare-oriented processing, storage, applications, security, workflow uh, engines, and many other needs. Um, a massive benefit to our architecture is that multiple organizations can sh essentially share hardware and software resources based on, on needs. And um, to clarify that, everybody is, every organization has their own silo, but you're able to share your um, hardware requirements and software requirements uh, or share the cost, I should say, mm -hmm. with other entities out there. The architectural characteristics will eventually reduce the number of on-site servers. Uh, our only local hardware requirement is an appliance uh, that we call SmartLink, and this manages uh, data to and from the organization's network. We handle in other words, kind of like uh, Amazon and, you know, ordering stuff uh, through the Internet, uh, the most difficult and costly thing is what they call the last mile. Well, we handle the first mile and the last mile. And, and SmartLink, you said, is a hardware component? SmartLink is a, is a piece of hardware 
Okay. It's a, actually a computer. We uh, change the operating system, the Linux operating mm-hmm. system to suit our needs. And it has, we're now in version five and soon to have six. And basically, uh, well, we have these things uh, manufactured. It's about the size of a, a large paperback book. And okay. it, it takes no time at all to connect. I mean, mm-hmm. our fastest time to have an, a, a group hooked up to our system in viewing images, which is one of the applications on the platform, took about 30 minutes. That's it. Yeah. So it's a whole different world. Mm -hmm. So this hardware component, which is the size of a book that you put on a bookshelf, Mm -hmm. it connects all of your various systems in your department um, and maybe not just your department, but also other departments. And it makes everything more seamless from surgery scheduling to image sharing, which here at Curvebeam, we're, we're very familiar with, with that, with what those processes can look like. Um, but basically any process essentially you're saying could be simplified through these links um, by finding efficiencies in the way that different softwares and different platforms can work together. Am I summarizing that correctly? Yeah, we decided to uh, adhere to uh, healthcare standards, uh, data standards. So in terms of, of images, it's DICOM. There's MP4 and whatnot out there as well, uh, which we can deal with. In addition, there's HL7 is an organization that produces uh, standards for the communication of data in a lot of different ways, uh, moving data from laboratory to um, uh, a clinic, um, images, all kinds of stuff. The newest uh, standard from the HL7 organization is called FHIR, F-H-I-R, and uh, it stands for Fast Healthcare Interoperability Resources. And I looked at, I mean, I've been studying that, and it's very interesting that I've created my own application and implemented it and that's what we're using for the logistical scheduling and whatnot part of it, that a lot of the fire objects or fire resources were very similar to the ones that mm-hmm. I built uh, and mm-hmm. because you need them. And so you build what you need, kind of like the smart bike. It's not the thing. It's, it is actually, uh, we built that to service the real, the platform, uh, it just uh, came out of need. So with the um, United States healthcare system is uh, mandated to adhere to the fire standards with regard to communicating data from, from one entity to another, really by the end of this year. And that's gonna be very difficult for 
a lot of organizations to meet that. Um, difficult because no, nobody's really prepared to do that. And so we have been working on those uh, type of, of data exchanges with uh, multiple uh, entities uh, like uh, Cerner, uh, Epic, uh, Athena Health. One of the groups that loves our stuff is Modernizing Medicine. There's assorted other other groups that um, mm -hmm. use the uh, interoperability features of. Okay, so in essence, this is not just going to create efficiencies, it's also compliant. So if a practice were to adopt the efferent platform, they don't have to worry about Am I going to meet standards? It's it's built it's built on code and infrastructure that is that abides by the requirements. Um, and and uh, are are most organizations uh, adapting to fire already, or would you say you're a little bit ahead of the curve by um, planning ahead and making sure that you're in alignment with that? Well, I think we're ahead of the curve, but all the mm -hmm. big companies, uh, the EMR companies are pushing that way. So, uh, and if you know anything about uh, how this works, the conversion to an entire different system, uh, database system is very difficult. Uh, and we started that uh, four years ago. And the smart link allows us to actually facilitate the communication between uh, disparate mm -hmm. entities. And basically we will take a HL7 message and translate it into fire. And then if that needs to go somewhere else, we can translate it into another HL7 language, or if, they, if they're fire compliant, they'll get it in mm -hmm. fire. So this all sounds very futuristic. But from what I understand, people are using efferent today. This is not a product that will be out in the future. This is there are actual orthopedic practices that have implemented this and, and beyond orthopedics, from what I understand. So could you talk about who some of your users are today and some of the most um, predominant use cases? First of all, just for looking at uh, the places that we're in, we're in about and how large it's gotten. We're in about 30 states right now. We're in Canada, the UK, and Australia, and of course, Peru, but that's our development. In terms of partners or vendors, probably one way to look at that is uh, a lot of our partners are really clients that need, mm -hmm. need this technology. In terms of the the biggest partner out there, it's turning out that Microsoft really, really, really likes our stuff. And they have huge compliments for our Peruvian development team. And so we're looking at providing uh, things that they haven't done in order to facilitate uh, the use of uh, what they do best, which is mm -hmm. uh, databases, and communicating, uh, being able to communicate through their network system globally. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. The other big fish out there is Stryker. 
And we started that uh, interacting with them about three years ago. And at first we were given the, a task that was pretty limited. We accomplished that. And then they started giving us more and more stuff to develop. So, which was fine. I mean, we absorbed the cost of development, but then it's ours, right? And on top of that, we're servicing one of the, um, the best orthopedic group or company in the world. Um, so, uh, we've kind of been going up the chain, uh, and they think that we're actually capable of handling a lot more. And that's what's happening there. Um, uh, Corin is out of the uh, UK and we've built some really awesome uh, applications for them and um, started to, to create some efficiencies uh, similar to Stryker that hasn't existed. <laughs> so why um, a concrete example of that is right now, uh, or the current pervasive way of uh, doing robotic surgery, let's say a robotic knee, is a orthopedic surgeon would send a patient to an imaging center to get a CT scan. Then the rep from the striker rep that deals with that goes and picks up the DVD. And what, first of all, why are we talking about DVDs this day and age? But we are. <laughs> they drop it into a folder that goes to, let's say, FedEx. And if even that process is complicated because it usually goes mm -hmm. from a small store to a larger store via truck. Sometimes there's other uh, land vehicles that will take that. It goes to their, the airport. It gets uh, it, uh, sent and dropped down at, at uh, uh, Memphis. This may not be 100%, but I, I did track this down to find out how they, they work. At Memphis, they resort, gets put into a plane goes to, uh, in Stryker's case, Fort Lauderdale, mm -hmm. is put into another truck, gets sent to the mail room at the Stryker office there, and then gets distributed. And there's a high failure rate in terms of adhering to the protocol, the CT protocol. So, that that particular patient has to go back and get another one, another right. CT, <laughs> and then the same process. Yeah. And that happens thousands and thousands of times a day, you know, with all the vendors and uh, globally. So where's the opportunity? The patient goes to the uh, imaging center, gets CT scan, waits, as it gets ported through our um, smart link into kind of a holding area where it's validated with, uh, with software. 
to make sure that the CT is what is needed to, to create the surgical plan for the robotic case. If it's not, they redo it. If, if it's go, it's available to Fort Lauderdale in the office in front of the engineer screen almost instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems so common sense. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> common sense and healthcare processes <laughs> are two different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is something that's already in action today. Corin yes. um, uses this process to get yes. its CT data sets. Wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And in talking about turnaround time to surgery, if you're a patient, you know, you're potentially eliminating a week or two weeks just to start that surgical planning process. So right. uh, that, that's another efficiency there if we're talking about enhancing quality of life and, and things like that, the, the faster that you can get uh, to recovery, the better. Absolutely. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you had mentioned, you know, our, who do we service or ask that question? And the majority of this is centered around providing information uh, to people that are involved in whatever healthcare process and providing all the information they they need to have to do their job. So it's pretty simple. It's simple in saying it, but and uh, currently the reality is that doesn't happen. So we have to culminate using a lot of resources, all this stuff that we need to know. Even clinics like that, seeing patients, you know, every few, every 15 minutes or so, you still have to do that same, the same work. It's so one of the things about this is if you, if we're looking at, you know, the, uh, phone operators, they need that as well. On my first program, they they learned it in about 10 minutes and it told the operators where a person was, if they're off or whatever, what the phone number is in that location because people are moving around to different clinic areas. And But if you're talking about a physician uh, or a surgeon, I need all the x-rays. I need to know the clinical information, all this kind of stuff put together right there. Right now, you have to go and gather all that and put it together, which is very costly. And there's a lot of potential for errors. Right. So this this could probably be, a process could probably be applied to every role within healthcare. There's probably a smart link collected connection that could be made to optimize what they're doing. Right. Well, the smart link is not just for images, it's for all the data. So yes, that's that's kind of the secret sauce right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what is the rate at which you're developing new processes at the moment? Um, right now, I would have to uh, say that it's, it's uh, somewhat slow. Of course, we use Agile. You have to look at how the current system is and mm-hmm. uh, what's going on is 
and even Microsoft engineers said, we, we couldn't do this. There's too much mm-hmm. bureaucracy. We, we do what they call agile programming, and it's kind of on the fly. And a mm-hmm. lot of the big companies are, are doing that as well. So you put out a product and you continually improve that. And if you look at it from that point of view, we're way ahead of the current standards of of uh, turning out uh, different versions and improvements and and enhancements. Uh, So I say slow because we want to get this done now. And it requires corporate growth and other talent sets to get that accomplished. But I can tell you, we are working 24-7 on projects. You know, it's overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. But we have to put out a good good software, good products. Sure, sure. How many employees do you have at Efferent right now? Good question. Uh, it's about 25. Okay, okay. So pretty a pretty small but nimble organization then. Yes. And we're slowly mm-hmm. increasing that as uh, mm-hmm. we need to. Mm-hmm. And that's it for part two. Just one part remaining in the series featuring Dr. Queller and Binti Singh, who will wrap up their conversation about the strides that the Efferent Health Platform has made in the healthcare sector in breaking down barriers to information transfer. 